0: yo what's up man it's been so long since i last heard about you
1: i know man it's it's been a while i miss you man How, how's india
0: you know i'm i just love the Ben diamond I'm, I'm with my family and is this a great time well anyways
1: have you heard of the new weekend i i am sorry album oh yeah 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 no i i've actually heard it i've heard i've heard the whole thing and it's the best weekend album in my opinion <laughs> well i i could disagree with that <laughs> But, anyways, what's your favorite song? song. Um, uh, gasoline is the hardest. What what about you? (laughs) I'm sorry, my
0: uh, I have a cough right now. Well, um, my favorite song is Less Than Zero.
1: <clears throat> oh, oh you you good? did you get the new Omnia, Omnivirus thing? <clears throat> no um,
0: no man I just got tested and it came back negative but apparently what my doctor told me was the air quality
1: air quality? what do you mean by that?
0: well yeah apparently in my pen which is my village our air pollution is severely under monitored by the Indian government which means we don't have the proper resources to combat the air pollution we are suffering from unlike the bigger cities Don't get me wrong, bigger cities have way more air pollution than we have, but they have the resources to help keep themselves safe, and we don't.
1: Oh, damn, that sucks, man.
0: Yeah, but not all hope is lost, because many, many, many Indian villages like mine have finally received dedicated air quality management funds for the first time in 2020.
1: Oh, really? That's that's great. (laughs) Hi guys, my name is Harman Baraj and this is my partner Ajit Song. Hi, I'm Ajit. If you don't already know, we will be talking about air pollution.
0: We will be focusing on four main questions. Our first is how to reduce it. Second is what causes it. Then there is what is acidic rain and the effects of acidic rain on us. And our last question is how to reduce our, our electronic waste, which can
1: benefit our air quality. Surprisingly, we actually got a UBC professor to talk to about these questions. Her name was Karen Bartlett, and this is one of the interviews that we had over the phone. Hello, I'm Ajit. How are you doing today? I am fine. Thank you very much. And I'd like to introduce you to my partner, Harmon. Mm-hmm.
0: Hello, my name's Harman. Uh, me and Ajit both go to Delview School Secondary, and we're currently in grade 10. We're going to be making a podcast about uh, air pollution.
1: And before we start to talk about our topic, we would just like to let the listeners know about who you are and where you come from.
2: Okay, well, my name is Karen Bartlett and I am a professor in the School of Population and Public Health at the University of British Columbia in the Division of Occupational and Environmental Health.
0: Thank you for telling us that. So let's just start the question. So my first question is, um, my first question is, what is air pollution?
2: Well, that's a really good question because air pollution is made up of many different things. And that's why studying it can be a little bit of a challenge. So it's made up of gas components and very, very, very tiny particles. And to just to make it even more complicated is that some of those components when they are exposed to ultraviolet light, like in the summertime when we've got sunlight, um, they can change their composition is that they can actually uh, become something else and so it's uh very interesting air, air air pollution is very complex
0: actually that's very interesting too. I never realized how complex it was i just i just thought it was a bunch of carbon dioxide in the air uh, <laughs>
2: yeah. so carbon dioxide is um, one component, but uh, what we're interested in when we're talking about the health effects, direct health effects of air pollution on people, typically we're referring to uh, these other components that are um, uh, often associated with um, car or truck pollution, you know, what's coming out the tailpipe of uh, vehicles, or could potentially uh becoming out the stacks of um uh factories you know when we think about places that still burn for example coal for to generate electricity um they have those uh very big air i mean very big uh, exhaust stacks that are spewing out uh, lots of material and so regardless of whether it's car pollution or factory pollution or it could even be cruise ship pollution um, what is uh, unites those different sources is that what they are producing are produced because of the combustion of fossil fuel and so carbon dioxides a little bit of that but uh, when it comes to direct, Effects on human beings is we're way more concerned with the uh, very, very tiny particles. We call that PM 2.5 or um, some of the gas uh, components like um, uh, carbon monoxide, ozone, um, oxides of nitrogen. And those are all associated with the burning of fossil fuels and those are what cause the direct health effects. Uh you may have read recently that they're having a very bad air pollution um episode right now in I think Delhi in India.
1: Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, well and that's exactly what's happening there is that people are getting sick real time because the pollution air pollution is so bad and it's because of that combination of um uh substances that are in the air that are affecting their lungs and making them sick
0: yeah personally i remember as a kid i used to visit india and i I had trouble breathing and it was just a rough time and just it's getting worse and worse
2: yeah yeah absolutely and um i i originally come from california around los angeles and back when i was growing up um the uh had we had something called smog and it was a uh you could see it like, you, you know, you would not be able to to see the mountains because it looked just uh, like fog. And breathing that in was very painful to, um, to the lungs and to the eyes.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's just the harder climates and the fossil fuels are just hurting our lungs.
2: Well, basically, it's that the lungs are very sensitive to some of the constituents that are a part of these combustion products. So, for example, nit- uh, the uh, oxides of nitrogen um, act on the deep in the lungs, so uh, that can go all the way down into the little uh, air exchange sacs that we call alveoli, which are where we exchange Oxygen for carbon dioxide, that's what helps us keep alive. <laughs> that's how we breathe. Um, but when you have um, oxides of nitrogen, like nitrogen um, uh, dioxide particularly, it can also be breathed in all the way down into the alveolar region, and that's where it causes damage. Um, similarly, ozone can cause damage in the upper airway, Uh, and carbon dioxide, uh, sorry, carbon monoxide as well. And so that can cause um, a tearing of the eyes but also a feeling of chest tightness. And when you get a combination of all that happening uh, for people, for particularly people who might have pre-existing conditions like asthma or uh, we have something called chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or COPD, or any of these uh, chronic kind of lung diseases, when they are exposed to this mixture, um, they, are, they suffer even more than a person with uh, super healthy lungs.
1: And uh, back to the smog, right? Uh, I also learned a few, like, actually, no, it was actually just last year, that it's also in New Mexico, the smog?
2: Yeah, and it's because of the amount of sunlight. So smog, when that's a particular um, word that denotes that there has been a photochemical um, uh, conversion of mm-hmm. automobile pollution. And so, yeah, it can happen. It can happen anywhere where you have a lot of light, um, like New Mexico or Southern California or places like that. We, I mean, even here in British Columbia, even though in Vancouver, we don't often see, you know, smog like that, right? But if in the, you know, next time, next time we have summer, (laughs) which is not gonna be for a few months from now, but um, we, by the end of August, we often will see haze, To the east of vancouver in the fraser valley and so what's happened there is that the automobiles a lot of them are all in vancouver area or or um commuting between vancouver and the fraser valley but the onshore and offshore wind patterns blow those constituent um, pollutants into the Fraser Valley, where they kind of gather up against the um, the mountains around Hope. And so even, even though right now that area is underwater, and it's very sad that it is, in the summertime, it's uh, where we have the highest air pollution in um, Metro, Metro Vancouver is in the Fraser Valley.
1: Oh, okay. And uh, to go into our second question, uh, we kind of already went over the causes But what are the consequences of air pollution and how does it affect our health?
2: Well, the most um, startling uh, statistic that I can give you is that there is an agency called the International Agency for Research on Carcinogens, or IARC, we call it for short. And that is a research institute that studies all kinds of chemicals that could potentially cause cancer. And IARC, about three years ago, declared automobile pollution to be a human carcinogen. I
0: mm-hmm. I, just, I never thought of that. Cause, yeah. Because I I already knew it was harming my lungs, but it's just it's causing cancer, and no mm-hmm. one's really paying attention to it. Well, that's
2: that's that's why those of us who are, you know, study this kind of thing, do try to sound the alarm yeah. <laughs> on these. And so, as a consequence, what's very interesting is that uh, I mentioned California a minute ago. Is that even though many years ago. They used to have really bad smog and they, well, they still do sometimes in Southern California. But the state of California has really pushed, um, the technology forward to be able to control, uh, for example, California was the first state to introduce catalytic converters on, uh, automobile engines to be able to, um, cut down on the amount of uh, emissions that were coming out the tailpipe and they have extremely st- uh, strict rules in California about not using uh, gas engines for example uh, for lawn mowing or uh, leaf blowing or <laughs> uh, you know those small little engines that uh, that can produce what we call volatile organic Compounds, which are the ones that specifically uh, will be converted into ozone uh, with the uh, with the light. So California has absolutely led um, the research on this because they they had to they that was the only way that they could save their population was to um, introduce legislation and on uh, and uh, emission controls on their vehicles and so that's something that we need to look at here in british columbia
0: yeah i I, we have to it's it's a growing problem with more people coming in and more people starting to drive Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it's also harder climates in bc it's we should take same action as uh, california
2: absolutely i agree
0: it's not even just bc it's just the whole world in general Yeah.
2: I agree to that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, particularly when we look, particularly when we look worldwide. Um, you know, the other cities that are particularly vulnerable are places like Beijing or Mexico City, or we just mentioned Delhi. Um, is that there are a number of um, cities around the world that are particularly um, susceptible and particularly prone to high concentrations of um, air pollution.
1: Yeah, and um, like you mentioned before about the thing that California did with the engines. Uh, uh-huh. What was it called again? Cart- how, how, uh, how ca- is
2: it? <laughs> Catalytic converters.
1: Yeah, that that actually is a really good idea for many people actually because it's actually harder to, you know, buy a car like a Tesla, for example, because yeah. it's it's very expensive. It's like thirty to like almost uh, $150,000 just to get an electric car. And be. Me yeah. and my friend actually have been doing uh, a bunch of research on how long it takes to actually like make a difference, mm-hmm. and apparently it's like between fifteen to twenty years.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's we've. Um, uh, that's when you you see some of the climate scientists saying that we're you know is that we are in an emergency situation it's This isn't something that we can change twenty years from now. We have to change it now because it takes that long to affect to change
0: it's yeah, it's like we have to take action now. It's just people yep. are becoming lazy and they do one small deed and think they changed it, but they, mm-hmm. we have to be more consistent of our actions
2: mm-hmm. okay true
0: that was some that was that was a very good discussion and, and before we end this, I have one more question. What can we do to re- reduce our air pollution in everyday life?
2: Yeah and that's a really really good question and there's several different things that um a person an individual can do and that is in fact you've already mentioned one of them is to not use your car a regular gas burning car um for you know for short trips uh, just because you're too lazy to either walk or ride your bike or take public transportation and so that is our Big recommendation is to actively engage in transportation, where um, you are um, walking more, taking the bus more. Because uh, when you think about a bus, even though it, depending on what uh, on what fuel it's burning, although we do have electric trolleys here in Vancouver, um, is that that because you are looking at the number of people that are in a bus is that that would be the equivalent of 50 cars so if people take the bus you've taken 50 cars off the road for that trip and that's really huge
1: oh uh, yeah that, that, yeah there's also like it's not only about transport it's also like livestock farming
2: yeah livestock and farming is you, you know, we're thinking more along the lines of climate change uh, because livestock obviously, you know, is associated with methane uh, production and things like that. Um, and so, you know, yes, as an individual, we can make some difference by um, going to a plant, more of a plant-based diet rather than a meat-based diet. Uh, and, you know, but it's the uh, methane causing uh, global warming is a little bit different than the air pollution that's that's caused by uh, vehicles and things like that. It's just that slightly has slightly different effects on the um, uh, on our climate.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's two different topics and I feel like we should we should try to combat both at at once, but <clears throat> whatever is affecting us the most right now is what we should focus on just a slightly
3: more.
2: Yeah, well, definitely, I think, um, by focusing on transportation, when you think that we've got, what, I don't know, two million people in the lower mainland here, um, those two million people, if they all are out in their cars, are doing just as much damage as a bunch of cows in the Fraser Valley.
1: <laughs> we we got to step up to try to do something about the air pollution. And also, like, more people are coming to Canada and not really knowing about what air pollution is Mm -hmm. and so you know i feel like everyone should be at least like they should at least know what it it is and what are like the causes and how to reduce it so they could try to do you know they could try to do some of those things when they come to canada
2: yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I think that it's absolutely wonderful that uh, you've taken an interest in it at grade 10 level, because by the time you get to university, just think of all the things that you might be able to accomplish uh, by further education.
0: Yeah, further education. I'm looking forward to learning more about this topic.
1: Mm-hmm. Excellent. And, Glad uh, to hear it. Yeah, uh, thank you for taking your time to answer these uh, questions. And well,
2: you're very welcome. Yeah, and and I hope that I hope that you can, uh, continue um, being curious, and that you continue wanting to make a change because we are relying on your younger you younger generation uh, to be able to um, affect a change for us. As old folks, we need to work we obviously need to change our, our patterns as well. But it's uh quite wonderful that you're that you're taking an interest in this.
0: Yeah, I'll make sure to also educate my friends on this topic as well. And so just cool. to spread to spread the knowledge.
2: Excellent. That sounds absolutely excellent.
0: Okay, well, thank you for your time.
2: Have you're good, very welcome. Have a good day. <laughs> Take care.
0: Bye bye. Bye bye. You know, our carbon footprint is increasing, and, and it's increasing a scary amount. And if you don't know what it is, basically, carbon footprint is the carbon pollution of human producers in their lifetime, such as driving a car.
1: Let's not lose all our hope, Harmon. Making a small change in our daily habits can actually have a big impact on our air quality.
0: Yeah, you're right. And like what Karen said, us, the youth, must start to think of our planet at a young
1: age. You know, I I honestly still can't believe that she actually responded to our email so fast because we emailed about eight or nine different professors and she was the only one that actually responded. And that too, only in five minutes.
0: Yeah, you know, it just seems like she was like interested and she didn't feel like we were wasting her time. But you know what's crazy to me? When I think of a UBC professor, personally, I think of someone who's scary and mean and not really the most... um, kindful person i could think of
1: and i don't know why anyways up now we have an exchange student from germany and a very good friend of mine in harman his name is martin
3: um hey my name is martin and i'm very excited to be in this podcast let's go
1: how was your day today um
3: my day was pretty chill i had not a lot of classes and yeah
1: what do you think is like your favorite part of the day
3: my favorite part of the day is probably PE because you don't have to do anything in PE and I'm very, I do a lot of sports in my free time and yeah, it's very chill.
0: I have a, I have a question. Um, how was your experience in Canada so far? Um,
3: yeah, it's very nice, but there's some difference to Europe and yeah, but everyone is very, um, friendly and helps me when i have problems and i was scared about um how i about my english but everyone everyone gives me the time i need and yeah it's very nice here
0: um talking about the contrast of canada and germany um i have a question what do you notice in canada that's different in germany like air pollution wise
3: um the first thing that i realize is that everyone gets dropped off at the school with a car. And in Germany, um, the most people drive there with a bike. And, yeah.
0: What about um, transportation, like cars, buses, trains? Um,
3: we also use trains, so not so many cars. And, yeah, in general, everyone uses a bike. So, like, if there was,
1: say, if you had to just guess on, who, like, if there were more electric cars or gas cars in Germany, what do you think is...
3: Mm, right now, there are more gas cars, but um, the electric cars are very popular.
1: Like, Teslas and stuff?
3: Um, Yeah.
0: You know, there are some great things that Germany does to combat air pollution, but what is one thing you notice, like, in Germany that... It's not really eco-friendly.
3: Yeah, of course, the um, highways, where you sometimes don't have a speed limit, and then um, the cars can drive so fast they want, and they um, put very much gas in the air. Yeah, that's not so good. And
1: Martin, I just have one last question for you. What do you do in Canada and in Germany that helps reduce air pollution
3: hmm Um, in canada i try to walk to the school and um do carpooling with my friends so they pick me up and um i try to bus everywhere don't i try to don't use a car and in germany I try to use my bike so often I can and um, yeah, I don't want to use the car.
0: You know, I'm sorry, Ajit, you said last question, but I actually have one more uh, question. Yeah, go ahead. What advice would you give to other people to fight air pollution?
3: Um, That's a good question. I would give the advice that um, try to bus everywhere or do carpooling don't use your car or um yeah just walk somewhere get um, to the air that's also healthy for you and yeah that's it basically
0: well thank you martin for joining us in this podcast and i i really appreciated your company
1: yeah, it was a pleasure having you here. Next, we're going to be talking about acidic rain and what are the co- what causes it and what effects it has on the environment and the people.
0: Uh, acidic rain? I think I heard that in The Simpsons somewhere.
1: Yeah, actually, in episode 7, season 13, they showed an episode where the whole town was being rained on by acidic rain. It was a funny episode, but I don't really remember it much, but I'm pretty sure had, they put a bunch of factories and everything and it rained like crazy. Making them stay inside their houses.
0: You know, wasn't it the evil man that plotted that because he wanted to make money or something? I don't know. It's a vain memory. (sighs) Yeah, I remember watching that as a kid when I was younger. But Ajit, I have a question. What exactly is acidic rain?
1: Well, acid rain is where rain, snow, fog, or other forms of climate from our atmosphere contain high amounts of acidic levels.
0: Oh, I get it. I'm guessing that this comes from fossil fuels such as cars or factories?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're, you're actually right on the dot.
0: Well, if acidic rain is becoming more common, how is this becoming a problem?
1: Well, you see, thanks to major um, factories and industries whatever, they release dangerous chemicals like sulfur dioxide and nitrogen oxide into our atmosphere, and that's not very safe for us to breathe in.
0: So due to the factories and colors, there are chemicals that we can breathe
1: in? Yeah, breathing in these chemicals can actually cause many diseases or even make... A disease worse if you already have one. You know, gee that makes sense.
0: But anyways, I have one more question. Since the water, after it rains, it lands in ponds rivers and even the ocean, does that mean that the acid from the rain can go there?
1: Yeah, that, that does happen.
0: If it's in the water, does that mean all the turtles and all the other fish are affected too?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. Oh no. Not only that, but the acidic rain leaves trees, plants weaker and more brittle as acidic rain lacks nutrients needed for those eco lives, causing them to die, which leads to, for the animals' environments to die eventually too, which ends up killing them.
0: Oh my. Well, is there anything we could do to help combat this or prevent it?
1: Well, the best thing to do is use renewable energy sources such as solar and wind power, renewable energy sources help um, reduce acid rain because they produce much less pollution.
0: Well, that's some good news to hear. At least now, let's uh, let's go to our last cause, and it is technology and the waste it builds up.
1: Thankfully, Mister Choi took some time out of his day to respond to our question.
0: And if you don't know, Mister Choi is a teacher at Delgro that teaches media arts and other subjects as well. The question that we asked him was, "How does waste in your technology contribute to air pollution, and what do you do to safely throw away your technology?" And the reason why we chose to choose him is because, and the reason we chose to pick him is because he deals with a lot of technology, and he, he, he deals with a lot of technology, and he's been handling it for many, many years, so he has experience of recycling.
1: He responded with technology becomes an absolute at faster rate in the world today's world. Think about smartphones and how often the consumer is ditching last year's model and wanting the newest version.
0: Or just the quality of products being produced. They are not manufactured to last. Longevity is not the objective. Technology that breaks down often gets tossed into a
1: landfill as the users don't bother to get it fixed for various reasons. The products themselves aren't the full problem The production creates a depletion of resources. Factories are adding to the air pollution. Mr. Choi quoted from the website
0: Edenberg Sensors. The main sources are related to technologies which emerged following the industrialized revolution, such as the burning of fossil fuels, factories, power stations, mass agriculture, and vehicles. Consequences of air pollution include negative health impacts for humans, and animals and also global warming, whereby increased amount of greenhouse gases in air trap thermal energy in the air trap thermal energy in the Earth's atmosphere and caused the global temperature to rise. So basically what they're trying to say is that ever since we started industrializing as humans, we've been producing way more junk than what we need. like we just overproduce everything and what we don't need just throws away no consequences in mind.
1: Then we asked him about what he does to safely waste or throw away his technology. He responded with, "There are a couple of ways I approach technology technology use. If I can, I look for people to resell or pass on items I have no use for anymore. Technology should not be tossed into a dumpster. There are so many recycling centers and zero waste locations around Vancouver that take small and large items like appliances." And often for free. Yeah, you know.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I've heard about those recycling plants and I would actually love to visit one because I'm always looking for new technology but I'm always thinking it's not worth it. I'm paying thousands of dollars for something that's gonna be absolutely useless in like a decade. So what's the point? Might as well take a older version or something that works almost as well. I don't I don't the benefits of a brand new technology does not apply specifically to me.
1: You could still be snapping people or like instagramming people on your iPhone 5. It doesn't even matter. No, you don't need the new iPhone 15, 16, whatever. You could be using old technology, but that also doesn't mean that you just throw it away right away. I mean, unless if it obviously stops working. Uh, and obviously you would want to try to fix that. But if it if it's unfixable, safely throw it away as said by Mr. Choi at a zero waste location. And it's around the Vancouver area.
0: And uh, who knows? You can make a quick buck out of it too because they might pay you for your services. And that is it for today. Hopefully you guys learned something new and we will try to help better the environment with the new information you gained. Thank you for listening and taking your time out of the day for us. Bye. Bye.